Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of the Fuel Your Fandom Podcast. My name is Saint. And I am Jim. And we are pleased as hell to be back in your ear holes for another episode of the Fuel Your Fandom Podcast. Jim, how you doing today, man? You know, I'm kind of fighting it. Um, I know I talked about this last week. I, I just had a gig uh, with my band on Friday. You did. It went well. I did, yeah, it went well. Um, but by the we did four hours, and it's our second gig ever, and we did four hours. And, uh, yeah, I, I haven't had to do a four-hour gig since my 20s. <laughs> and then I was behind the drum set. Now I'm singing. So right around, like, halfway through hour three, I was turning to our uh, our bass player who was... Also, our band leader, I was like, uh, yeah, can we uh, can we cut that Soundgarden song? I'm a little bit, uh, yeah, I might be a little bit uh, out for that one. So we finished up, but um, yeah, my throat's been hamburger for a couple of days, and I don't know if, if I picked up a cold somewhere, but um, th- I sound like 10 miles of bad road right now, and that's after Mucinex, nasal spray, throat coat, tea, and albuterol. So this is as good as it gets for me right now. Um, but hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to uh, struggle through it, get through it. And it won't be too, too terrible, or at least as bad, if not uh, worse, than usual to listen to for uh, for my <laughs> dulcet vocal tones. Oh, hello, kitties. Right. Not How about bad. you? How you doing? Uh, I'm all right. I went to uh, this fun fair that they had in town. It's like a yearly thing they do. And uh, my wife had to work a booth there for her company. And so we took the kids down. I took the kids down, and we just kind of wandered around and checked out the goings on uh not a whole lot really interesting i mean food booths but the food booths were like i got paid like for a plate of noodles and some lumpia it was like 25 dollars. it was ridiculous yikes so we get done and uh and my wife gets done, and, and we're like, hey, you want to stand in line and get some of this food? Or do you want to go to a restaurant and actually get some real food? And So we just cut out early and went to the Mexican joint down the street. So, Which is ironically where I, where I parked my car, so it was, we had to go back there anyway. So, But, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, you know, I have louvers on the back window of my, my Mustang. I don't know if I showed you those. Yeah, but, I think you did. Uh, Every now and again, you got to take that uh, off and and clean up underneath the window because, like, pine needles and things like that, they just accumulate. Sure. And uh, so I did. I made the choice to do that yesterday. It was it was about sixty five degrees and sunny out yesterday, which is as good as it gets up here in the Pacific Northwest. So I I, I took all that off and, and and I didn't realize what a chore that would be to do that all by myself and and have to reapply a bunch of that 3m tape to the pieces that stick to the window it was obnoxious but car's looking good pretty good day for it yesterday so i can't say i was lazy yesterday i did a lot of walking i did a lot of things i checked a bunch of boxes off my to-do list so that's something i guess don't you worry i'm about to be very very productive uh-huh. well yesterday uh for the most part we had a gig on friday and then yesterday wound up being mostly about band stuff too uh, my girlfriend and I did some running around and some street teaming. We have a couple of gigs coming up uh, at some places in the next couple of weeks. So I uh, put some stuff in the car and we, we ran around and, and dropped off some posters at some of these places. And and uh, I ordered a bunch of, uh, of stickers with the band name and the uh, web URL on it. And, I still um, don't have a sticker. 
Well, I gotta send you a sticker. You gotta yeah, send we'll, me we'll, a we'll drop some in the mail. Gotta. So yeah, we have stickers. I, I got business cards, stickers, and uh, posters from various places around uh, online that that do help you help people print promo things. And so I ran some of those around yesterday. And uh, because the places we're playing in the coming weeks are close by, but in a pretty wide radius around our home base of Milwaukee, it wound up being kind of a hike. We we spent about five six hours yesterday like doing a circle dropping off posters and promo collateral but it was fun it's it's a a good idea to kind of scope out where it is you're going to be playing and you know meet the people that are uh, that, that booked you and they're going to be hosting your show so that's uh it's it's good pr and it's good uh a good promo yeah you got to press the flesh every now and again sure enough even in a a, a covid conscious world you got to sometimes shake hands and meet people or press the proverbial flesh what is it yeah. they have you do those elbow bumps and shit? I still can't do those. Those are weird. I told you there was a time I went to Comic-Con and I thought that Will Wheaton was pissed at me or something. Didn't like me particularly. Because I went to shake his hand and he just kind of went, eh, eh, like that. Yeah. Uh, to a fist bump. And it's like, oh, okay. I guess he doesn't want to shake my hand. But then I realized after the fact it was... He didn't shake anybody's hand. Because he's mm. there meeting hundreds of people a day. I'd be yeah, hundreds I suppose. of germy hands that he'd have to shake. So... I, I got over that one pretty quick, but it was funny. I, I'm like, oh, what the hell, Whedon? What, what do you got against me, man? What did I do to you, bro? Ever James almost shook my hand. But yes, yeah, so. I get it though. I mean, you know, you got people like uh, like uh, Howie Mandel who've been fist bumping for years because he's a germaphobe, and I, I I don't remember if I was just thinking I'd like to see this or if I did see this somewhere. But I I always wanted to see somebody interview Howie Mandel now. And ask him, so how does it feel to have been right this whole time? How does, <laughs> are you feeling vindicated? I wonder how like he fist would react bump to is, uh, Yeah, It's become de rigueur now because uh, nobody wants to shake hands anymore. I mean, shaking hands isn't... It, it's a, a middle-aged custom to check that somebody doesn't have a weapon up their sleeve. And it just kind of evolved from that. We've been doing it for hundreds of years and not really understanding why. So maybe it's time that we just phase it out of the popular culture and do fist bumps, elbow bumps, or whatever. I had a Klingon actually tell me that. I went to yeah. uh, the uh, Star Trek experience at the Hilton in Las Vegas at one point many, many years ago. And uh, uh, one of the Klingons at Quark's Bar, he goes, I, he goes to shake my hand, and I shook it, and he goes, no. And he grabbed my hand, and he placed it around his wrist like that, and he's like, always check for the weapon. Glory to you and your house. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. That, that's very Klingon. It's funny, if, if you have ever been to Star Trek Experience in Vegas, uh, I'm sure that you probably walked right past John Champion at some point and didn't even know it, because I know that's one of his favorite stops every year. I know, I wish to God it was still open. I wish it was still doing things, because that was fun. Yeah, good times. Speaking of John Champion, we got to get him back on for an episode. I just like talking to him. I don't even know what the hell to talk to him about now. I just want to talk to him. I think he's cool. Shout out, Mr. Champion. Yeah, John's good shit. I mean, we we got to get him back, even to just talk about anything. I mean, you know, obviously he's he's a uh, quite the authority on Trek, but I mean, he he knows a lot about a lot of things. So you know, he's he's always fun to talk to, regardless of the subject. I know he's on a big old vacation. I think he went over to Scotland right now. I think that's where he's at yeah. right now. So I hope he's having a blasty blast over there. So um, for sure. So what I kind of wanted to talk about today, I was I was walking around this fun fair yesterday. And my mind started focusing on, we've been talking a lot intermixed with your travels and just the things that 
that we both enjoy and and food is something that we both really really enjoy now we've had a couple of podcasts where we talk exclusively about food we talked with steven at one point with the bob's burgers and and things like that but really kind of what i wanted to touch base on right now is just junk food i know we shouldn't be eating it our entire lives we're told it's not good for us it's in the fucking name junk food but it is one of my greatest fandoms if i'm honest yeah i mean me too i'm bigger than you i'm higher in the food chain get in my belly as as healthy as i try to eat and i do on occasion try to eat healthy there's something about the draw of high fructose corn syrup and, and shit that you know you shouldn't be eating that just brings you back every time. I mean, you know, I, I, I joke a lot about the fact that, like, I think uh, the, 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 the long-running joke of Americans are out of shape, <laughs> um, you know, because we're lazy and we eat like garbage. Well, you know, the Western diet isn't really all that conducive to keeping, and unless you're really committing to it and working out and, and, and keeping calorie counting, eating healthy all the time... There's McDonald's on every street corner in this country. There, there's a candy counter at the Walgreens where we go to get our diabetes and high blood pressure medication. <laughs> I mean, it's really, it's a goofy, goofy cultural thing that we do, pop cultural thing that we do, but yeah, junk food is everywhere, and mm-hmm. junk food is also amazing. It's terrible for us, mm-hmm. but we can't stay away from it because regardless of whether it's candy or crunchy stuff or fast food or what have you, uh, junk food, the reason why it's such a huge... Uh, ubiquitous part of the culture is because at the end of the day, even if you know it's going to kill you, shit's delicious. So we all eat it, even if we admit we would rather not admit that we do or try to stay away from it. It's in our faces all the time, and it's pretty irresistible for that. It is. And and it's a lot of it goes towards that thing like you always see on Facebook. It's like, oh, well, it costs 99 cents for a for a cheeseburger, or it costs like six ninety nine for a salad. Which one's more <laughs> economical? Now that being right. said, I, I do get the salad all the time, but yeah, me too. I'm also guilty of eating me some fatty old cheeseburgers as well. So uh, uh, yesterday, when when uh, when my girlfriend and I were doing the the rounds trying to drop off street team stuff for the band, uh, we the band plays at bars. We play at you know venues where where uh, where bands play, and, and here in Wisconsin, obviously the drinking culture is pretty prevalent, and a lot of bars book live music. So we stopped at uh, three or four places and. We didn't feel obligated, but we felt like it would be at least a nice gesture to, uh, you know, buy a little something while we were there. And because we were doing a lot of driving, you know, getting a cocktail or a beer every place you go isn't necessarily feasible. So we wound up (laughs) eating fried bar food at like three or four different places yesterday. Lovely. And I came home last night and I was like, I I can feel my blood sugar screaming at me. Because we stopped (laughs) here and we had quesadillas and, and, and fries and a chicken parmesan sandwich. And then the next place we stopped, we had fried mini tacos and cheese curds because it's Wisconsin. And then, gosh, every place we went, we had a little something just to nibble on. And whether or not it was a good idea, you're, you're confronted with that menu of, of, of deep-fried appetizers, and you go, yeah, you know what? I haven't eaten in the last hour and a half. I think it's time to shove some more, you know, uh, dumplings <laughs> into my face. So Always we did. a good time for dumplings. And then I came home, and I just felt like, you know, I felt myself like I was deep-fried. So it is tough. It's tough to stay away from that stuff, even if you know you shouldn't. Anything deep-fried or covered in sugar or just full of fluffy carbs i just want it in my face and i know like you said i shouldn't and it's bad for me but you always tell yourself hey i'm doing a lot of walking today or hey i i ate really healthy three or four days this week so i can go ahead and have this thing and whatever else idea of a cheat day yeah it's kind of yeah well i mean especially here in wisconsin everything is deep fried and covered in cheese and that's Hmm. not even an exaggeration or hyperbole at all everything is deep fried and covered in cheese and then i just uh, you know 
we spent a week in New Orleans about two weeks ago. And, of course, everything in New Orleans is delicious but bad for you. We had shrimp and grits and beignets and red beans and rice and jambalaya and gumbo and crawfish etouffee and po' boys and all this fantastic, fantastic New Orleans food that's just covered in, in carbs. Everything about it is just carbs. White rice and big fluffy po' boy bread and, oh, my God, delicious. But uh, incredible. Just absolutely. I had Stanley's on Jackson Square. She and I had Bananas Foster French Toast. Wow. Which, even just saying that, I can feel my blood sugar starting to yeah. creep north. It's just I felt the caramel. Dear God, was it delicious? Yeah, I was watching uh, some of Randy Santel's videos again. I haven't watched a bunch of yeah. his videos in a while. I mean, we talked to Randy, and he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. He took on this. Uh, it was a prime rib challenge. Ten pounds, seven ounce prime rib. Ten it, pounds. Ten. Seven ounces, ten pounds, seven ounces. Oh, good lord! Because he wanted to top ten pounds, and after they took the bone weight out at the end, that <laughs> bone weight. <laughs> it uh, wasn't quite ten pounds, so they brought him out another seven ounce portion, and he finished that too. I don't really want to do this, but I've never done a legitimate 10-pound challenge before. They did all the math, and once you got rid of the bones and the little scraps left on there, there was 9.8 pounds of meat that I ate. So Jerry is going to bring over just a little bit more, just so I can have done my very first 10-pound challenge. Good God. It's alarming. It was fantastic. It's and I, I, I like... I love prime rib, but I don't think I could eat 10 pounds of it. But Well, we were coming back from, uh, well, New Orleans. We stopped in Pennsylvania to uh, hang out with, uh, with my girlfriend's family for a little while, and then we, we drove back uh, through Ohio and Indiana, and on the way back I got a notification because uh, I run the GPS on the phone on the dashboard that Randy Santel is live now, and he's in Milwaukee. He's been in my neck of the woods for a while finishing up some stuff with yeah, his, he lives uh, his up education. There. Yeah, he lives up yeah, he, he and his, uh, his lady Katina, they live up here, uh, at least temporarily. They've been here for about a year, and they're getting ready to probably move on, I think he said during this video. But there is a, a Cajun and Creole restaurant in Milwaukee that actually is quite, quite good. Um, that I, I do get to once in a while if I'm really craving that New Orleans flavor. And they had a um, six-foot-long po'boy challenge. And it was six different sections. One was oysters, one was catfish, one was shrimp, one was traditional roast beef. And I didn't, wasn't able to watch the whole video because the signal was starting to dip out, but I did watch Randy start to take on the six-foot po'boy. Uh, so I may have to, uh, knowing they have a po'boy, I may have to get up there and, and have it because that is one of those New Orleans foods that I, I miss desperately. Yeah, so, I mean, we could, I literally, I pulled the easy switch on today's podcast because we could talk about food for hours. Now, one of the cool things that, that I discovered, I, I've discovered it on the internet a while back, but I've never had an opportunity to taste it or try it until now, is uh, freeze-dried candy. Uh, and I uh-huh. know freeze-drying candy has been this big thing on the internet now recently. It's a big trend. Uh, I've had freeze-dried space ice cream back in the day when mm-hmm. I was a kid. And oh, sure. I love If you ever that. go to any museum, the gift shop always has freeze-dried ice cream for the kids. Yep. Got it at the Smithsonian the first time. I remember it. Yeah. But, uh, so, you know, gotta love that. And then, so, we were walking around, there were a couple of different vendors at this fun fair selling uh, freeze-dried candies, and so we got to try uh, freeze-dried Skittles is kind of a thing right now, That's and they, they pop up real nice, like little popcorn balls, 
And, Sweet. Uh, exactly that. And mm-hmm. uh, the textures change on everything. It's really it's really fun. So we tried. What did we try? We tried uh, uh, Skittles. We tried those little gummy cluster nerd things. The little nerd ropes. Munching some crunches in here somewhere. Yeah. Uh, puff up all crispy and nice. And uh, my son got a Reasons, those chocolates with caramel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Werther's caramels. We tried lemon heads. We tried Sour Patch Kids. I mean, uh, my daughter ended up getting uh, the strawberry Charleston chews, which the texture on these is just so freaking weird and airy and light and just melt in your mouth. It's fantastic. Like Turkish Delight or like... uh... No, just like powder. It's like the second you put any kind of pressure on it, it just evaporates in your mouth. Like like harder cotton candy. It just kind of... Okay. Yeah, it's because I've had the, the 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 astronaut ice cream. I've had the the super dry uh, like like Lucky Charms marshmallows, mm-hmm. and if it's anything like that, like it's you just put it in your mouth and it kind of like because all the moisture has been uh, forced out of it. I kind of have a sense of of what the texture might be like, but yeah, freeze dried candy. I, I think I've heard that it's a thing, but I don't know that it's necessarily made its way as far inward as as here yet. But I imagine if it's a coastal trend. And if it's junk food, it'll find its way to the Midwest because that's you, really, you know, you could find trends find online. us slow, but, but junk food, junk food will find us every time because it's kind of how we do things Yeah, here. you could buy it online and, and, and there's a lot of YouTubers that I watch that uh, it's really cool to watch them do it because they, they set out like a tray full of like gummy worms, right? Mm-hmm. And you freeze dry the gummy worms and the gummy worms are like, what, two, three inches long at best? You pull them so, out. Yeah. And they're humongous. They look like giant puffy Cheetos all of a sudden, and just and and the crunch is it's akin to a puffy Cheeto. You've had Cheeto puffs, yeah? Oh, absolutely. So it because changes junk food. the texture, very airy, very light, into that just kind of disintegrates in your mouth Cheeto puff kind of texture. It's really weird. Well, I, I would say that I'm going to have to try and find some of this stuff, but uh, like we said earlier, you know, we're trying to eat healthier. <laughs> but junk food is just so... Pre- I have my own weaknesses. Um, uh, my friend Ryan, a little while ago, on, uh, about a year ago on Facebook, put up a question, what is your goldfish food? I.e., what is the thing that if somebody put it in front of you, you would go you just eat like it. Mr. Creosote and Monty Python. You'd eat it until you fucking exploded all over your <laughs> environment. Ah, good afternoon, sir, and how are we today? Better. Better? Better get a bucket. I'm going to throw up. Ah, Gaston, a bucket for monsieur. And uh, my thing is is uh, the sort of like pan-Asian dumpling. And I, I define dumpling mm-hmm. as carbs on the outside, filling on the inside. So that's a pretty broad umbrella when you get to it's a pan-Asian food. That yeah. covers egg rolls, it covers crab rangoon, it covers gyoza, it covers yeah. shumai, yeah. it even covers bao, like the steamed barbecue buns, uh, the, the Japanese yeah. and Chinese barbecue buns that are absolutely delicious. Anything that's like wrapped in carbs and has meat or vegetables on the inside. You could put, a, if I go to a Chinese restaurant and they have a poo-poo platter that's got all these different little fried dumpling things on it, I could make a meal out of just that. I mean, oh, I could, I if I, oh yeah, I absolutely, I would eat egg rolls until I exploded. My first band, we played uh, at a place called the South Pacific. Ironically, that's where I met Daniela, my wife. She was the hostess there and got all flirty with me, so I blame it on her. But uh, they used to, as part of the payment for our band, we used to go there every week and do the open mic set every week uh, to bring other people in and get people drinking at the bar and everything. And 
part of yeah. we got paid in cash and then we got paid in free drinks and then we got paid in a giant poo poo platter every week. Oh, and so my like God. The, the fried chicken wings and the barbecue pork, I could eat my weight. You want to talk about a food that you eat till you die? That barbecue pork, that thin sliced barbecue pork with a little bit of the red sauce, whatever it is. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And the, and the sesame seeds, I could go crazy on that. Not a fan of the of the spicy mustard, but I get it. But yeah, I'll eat that. I'll eat that until I pop. Yeah, sushi's the same way. We got a couple of all you can eat sushi joints that are close to us. They don't do it every night of the week because weekends they don't need to. But you know, weeknights, Sunday through Thursday, they have an all you can eat special at this place in Milwaukee, and and it's pretty reasonable. It's like twenty five or thirty bucks. And you know the way that I eat sushi, uh, that's two or three rolls for me. So if I get more than that. Plus all of the uh, the appetizers, all the, money. The, uh, yeah, the aforementioned. It's almost irresponsible not to go. Uh, <laughs> the aforementioned Chinese and, and and Japanese dumplings. It's just oh my god, I, I just can't. It's really hard to stop. The, and I justify it. I'm like, well, sushi's good for you. It's all lean meats and fresh vegetables and whole grains. And then I go and like my first whole round is like, yeah, I'll get the gyoza, the shumai, the egg rolls, the spring rolls, the, the just you know the, the, the tempura. Ah, just bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. Because I'm gonna go ahead and eat like something that's good for me later. Uh, you know, the, the the fresh fish has a lot because of protein they balance in it. themselves the, uh, out. Yeah, yeah. There's there's the, that that paper thin seaweed wrap on the outside of the maki roll counts as a vegetable, so I'm doing okay. <laughs> we had a place up here that did uh, all you can eat sushi, and uh, me and the wife and kids, and I don't usually get sushi rolls all that often because. I'm much more. It's a teriyaki place by nature, so, and I prefer teriyaki. That's one of my go-to food choices. Um, so we went to this place, and I was going to get the teriyaki, but I also wanted to get the all-you-can-eat sushi because you know I'll take my teriyaki home with me and eat that next day. Well, obviously. You know? And so uh, I had the woman come up and say, "No, that's too much food," and took the menu out of my hand. Wow. I was, I've never been that angry in a restaurant before or since. That was pretty bad. It was pretty blatant. And it's like, I, I came in here to spend money. You're, you're stopping yeah. me from doing that. What is your problem? Oh, well, we don't want you to waste it. It's like, have you seen me? It ain't yeah, going to I waste. <laughs> Believe me. But... Uh, yeah, like you're right, exactly that. Uh, dumplings and gyozas, and we went to yep. uh, a Wajimaya, which is uh, a local chain of uh, Asian stores up here. And uh, so we went to the Wajimayas up here, and 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 we ended up getting, I want to say, four different types of gyoza. We oh yeah. Our, we filled our freezer with gyoza last weekend, and and we've been slowly noshing on them, and they're just fantastic. I I can literally eat them all the time and they're a snap i've gotten to the point now yeah where, where if i if i can find a big old bag of frozen pot stickers uh I, I don't even need to read the instructions on those anymore i know exactly how to cook them in the pan a couple inches yep. of water and then boil the water away and then you know they call them pot stickers because they get that crispy little uh you know uh mail of reaction thing going on in the bottom and then you get your spatula and you pop them up and uh i really could eat those things till i die the other yep. pro- thing that i have a problem with and i do we've, we've been over this too i do a lot of traveling Yep. I'm a travel writer, so between uh, sort of the crisscrossing, cross-country travels that I've undertaken, uh, just driving around for work, and also, you know, the road trip that I did last weekend from here to Cleveland to Pennsylvania to Knoxville, Tennessee, New Orleans, then back in a big boomerang, 
um, you have to stop a lot of gas stations. Yeah. And I have a very, very difficult time resisting absolutely crappy but delicious <laughs> gas station food. If you have a warming tray with a bunch of paper-wrapped hamburgers on it, or if you have a roller grill that's got egg rolls or sausages or those uh, the, 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 um, uh, those, those chicken uh, patty things that are like in a tube shape, and they're on the roller grill, and I, I'll, I'll just grab uh, two or three dozen of those just for the road. You know, and I, I put them in the little bag, and I just snack on those things. I roller grill food and and warming tray cheeseburgers. I can't, I I cannot resist those, and it's it's to the point where there's a uh, very popular chain of uh, of convenience stores, gas stations in my neck of the woods called Quick Trip, and it's kind of an institution here in uh, in, in in southeastern Wisconsin, Wisconsin in general, the Midwest in general, but especially here, kind of like the uh, the Sheets and the Wawas of the uh, of the East Coast, and and the Terribles over in Vegas. It's a very popular and famous chain of convenience stores. And they, the first thing you see when you walk in, you walk in the door and there's a huge two-section uh, heat tray that's full of sandwiches. And the Quick Trip cheeseburgers uh, are better than they have any right to be. They're far better than you'd expect from like a cheesy uh, gas station. You think, well, I know, I know exactly what that tastes like. It tastes like the, uh, the, the the hamburger out of the vending machine at the hospital that you <laughs> drop out of the thing and the, 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 the auger screw and then you put it in the microwave for two minutes and it's just, the bun gets hard and the meat tastes like it was cooked sometime during the Clinton administration. And, you know, but these are way, way better than that. And they also have uh, hand-dipped, hand-breaded, and fried on-premise uh, chicken strips that are among the best I've ever had anywhere at a gas station. So it's difficult because my go-to place to gas up, is the, the quick trip is about five minutes from my house, and I go there. It's on the way to the highway uh, on-ramp that I need to take to go to Milwaukee and or Chicago and even Madison. Uh, so it's kind of like the last, or the, the first stop at the, at the very top of whatever journey I'm undertaking to go there and get gas. And I usually pay the pump, but then I say, oh, I'm just going to go in and get a beverage. And I walk out with a giant bag nope. full of cheeseburgers and, <laughs> and egg rolls and, and chicken sticks and all kinds of fun shit. So it's difficult. Uh, the, the roller grill food is, is a, a, a real hard thing for me to resist, especially on the road doing road trips and traveling. I could really go for a hot dog. Hot dogs! Get your hot dogs here! Woohoo! Yeah, for sure. And, and when I was growing up in Colorado Springs, and I don't know if this was just a Colorado Springs thing or not, but when I was growing up down there, they had a restaurant called the 39 Cent Hamburger Stand. And that's what you got. It's like 39 cents for a hamburger, 49 cents for a cheeseburger. And you just buy them in bulk. You leave with a yeah. sack of burgers. And maybe you could throw some fries in if you want. But usually for me, it was just a protein sack of burgers. And yep. just that's that's what you munch on all day. And up here, we got, yeah. uh, we got dicks up here. And dicks is the place where the cool it's the only time you can just proudly say I'm going to go eat me a bag of dicks and, and be happy as hell yeah. about it. And, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking my language, too, and, and especially with that roller grill food. Now, unfortunately, our, uh, the only, I mean, because I'm on the road at all hours of the day, and usually my uh, options for food are very limited depending upon what time of day it is am where I'm at, and usually it's right by the freeway, so I kind of got to get Pilot or Loves or Flying J truck yep. stop food, and they're not oh, quite yeah. as good as, as the ones you're talking about, but that, I mean, I've made a, I've made a lot of choices based on necessity at these places, so. 
yeah, roller you get grill what you get. and and you know shitty hot dogs and you know and in fact I actually rather like the roller grill hot dogs at like Seven Eleven and I know they're they're cliche as shit but that spicy big bite there's something about it. I I'll, I'll eat two three of them and be happy to tell about it. So yeah, the secret yeah, is there's a little food. bit of ketchup, a little bit of mayonnaise, and I know you hate that. But then, and then throw some pico de gallo on it that they use for the nachos. It's beautiful. I could eat tons See, of I've eaten gas station sushi uh, and, and been <laughs> happy about it. I know that's kind of the the classic cliche of, uh, of of absolute garbage shit you want to avoid at a gas station. But uh, I'm not pr- I'm not too proud to admit it. I've done it. I've definitely done it, and I, I haven't been gas too unhappy about sushi, it. Gas station sushi. My God. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. If there's ever anything that's going to kill you on a road trip, it's gas station sushi. Oh, I know. Absolutely. But see, they're pretty smart with the gas station sushi. Uh, most of the time, the gas station sushi you're going to find is the uh, spicy crab roll or the California roll. Those are the two most famous that are that are produced by this same company that does the gas station sushi that I see everywhere. And they're pretty smart about it because sushi, the definition of it is that it's fresh. Uh, I, you know, There's a documentary that's on Netflix and a couple other streaming services called Jiro Dreams of Sushi. And the whole thing about that is there's this... this very elderly gentleman in Japan who runs a, a sushi, like a 10 or 12 seat sushi counter in like Shibuya bus station in Tokyo. And uh, he labored for many, many years in relative obscurity until some travel writer or some food tastemaker came along and just decided to grab a quick sushi at this place and it was the best he'd ever had. And now the guy's just constantly fighting off Michelin stars and Zygat ratings and all this other stuff. <laughs> and it's become... Uh, it's it's mentioned in the same breath as the top restaurants in the world. This this literal train station sushi place. And it's been a couple of years since the documentary came out, so I don't know if it's still there or not. But the the big thing about sushi is, this guy was going to the fish market every morning at like three or four a.m. to try and find like the best stuff that came off the boats hours earlier. So the fish and the sushi was incredibly fresh, and that is a defining characteristic of good sushi is that it's fresh. So it would seem like. Gas station sushi would be anathema to the entire thing, right. but the spicy crab roll and the California roll—they're smart. They use that fake crab stick stuff that, that is like yeah, surimi, like the mashed up fake crab stick. Which my wife stuff, loves that shit. Loves I do it. too. It's again, like I love a good crab leg. I'll go and get me some some crab legs and like, the crack and eat butter dipped crab legs if I can find them any place. But the fake crab, I, I don't hate it any. It's, it, I, I like it just as much. It's just as good. What the hell did you just say? Well, okay, it isn't just as good, but of all of the fake versions <laughs> of food stuff, food connoisseurs all over the place going, "What the fuck did he just say?" Yeah, <laughs> what? But I'm a super taster, so I feel like I got some kind of leg to stand on. But like, it, it is okay. I got to amend that. It isn't just as good, but it's uh, as far as fake versions of food go, it is one of the most successful imitation things okay. of the thing that it's supposed to be. So that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I can't so believe I this that. is a crab. Yeah, exactly. I eat that. And then the other thing that I really try to stay away from and don't really manage to stay away from very successfully... Well, no, that's a lie. Okay, I'm not even going to codify it. I, I do manage to not eat candy. Like, if I'm at the gas oh. station or the grocery store, they got the huge rack of, like, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups and Snicker Bars and Butterfingers, and I don't, most of the time... I'll, if I grab any of that, it'll be like a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. And I can justify that by saying, yeah, it's coated in chocolate, but it's peanut butter. Peanut butter is one of those health food things you eat when you're trying. It's, it's pure protein. So <laughs> it's kind of candy, but it's also kind of not as terrible for you as like oh, nougat would be because nobody knows tr- what nougat is. I've never heard try anyone try to justify a Reese's cup. That's funny. 
oh yeah, I could totally rationalize Reese's all day just because it's peanut butter, and peanut butter is, you know, it's it's a health food. It they, is they talk about having like peanut butter, sweetest on, peanut yeah. butter on the hist- face of the planet. It is. It's it's loaded with sugar, but you know, I, I can I can rationalize it. But the other thing, like <laughs> in the last couple of years, they've started to come out with some pretty good sugar-free candy. And I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of talking about the malatol again like we did a couple of weeks ago and and how uh, how awful yeah, that is in your digestive system. I don't have system. any more fart sound effects for this episode. No. But when I was a kid, you know, obviously we all do the Halloween thing. We all look forward to Easter, get an Easter basket full of jelly beans and peanut butter eggs and all that. You had your big candy holidays as a kid, even Christmas to a degree. You know, there's, there's big dishes of candy out if you go to Grandma's house and... And all that kind of thing, but I've right. managed to mostly mostly break the refined sugar habit. I'm not saying that I, I don't have some once in a while, but I try to uh, to do like that uh, everything in moderation thing with it. Once or twice a month, I'll have like a big old thing of, uh, of of Reese's peanut butter cups, or I'll grab a bag of Skittles or something, and that's kind of like my my big cheat. But for the most part, I've managed to break the the sugar cycle. But when I was a kid. That was a big, big deal. I mean, I definitely looked forward to the, the, the candy holidays, and then I would just reach into my Easter basket and grab all the plastic Easter grass out and then just dump all the jelly beans into my face. It was just <laughs> an, an amazing thing to do. But yeah, candy I managed is, to stay away from sugar for the most part now. Candy is probably one of my big downfalls, and, and probably why I've plateaued at my weight loss is because, I mean, while I do go out of my way to eat a bunch of things like, like salads, and I eat a lot of fresh fruits, and I eat a lot of... yeah. Uh, of that kind of stuff, and I drink zero calorie sodas and zero. I mean, I'm drinking a zero calorie Gatorade right now. Oh yeah, uh, I don't drink my calories anymore either. So I try to uh, stay. I want to say healthy as I can, but but there's something about just having candy. Just I I don't know what it is, yeah. and it, I don't eat it in any kind of massive quantity, but I always have it. Does that make sense? Like, yes. And lately for me, like when I'm driving, for while I was driving with my company, I, I, I like to have something I could have under the mask because I had to wear my mask for the longest time. Mm-hmm. I like to have something that didn't require chewing because my, my, I have shitty teeth uh, and I've only just now gotten those fixed. But uh, so something that didn't require a lot of chewing, not a lot of uh, uh, moving the mask up and down and, and to get them in. So. Uh, I, I went on a kick, and I'm still kind of on it, of the Jolly Ranchers. Aha. Uh-huh. I really like Jolly Ranchers. And uh, so, you know, you pop a Jolly Rancher, it lasts for about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, and we've talked about how gross it is that you're just flavoring your own spit and swallowing your spit, but whatever. Ew, gross. Yeah, but we all do it. It's gross, though. Never stop and think about it, Jesus. But, yeah, I... I I've even discovered I have a favorite flavor of Jolly Rancher. Now, do you have a favorite Jolly Rancher? Let me guess. Let me guess. I do have a favorite Jolly Rancher. Mine is cherry, because anything that's cherry flavor, whether it's yeah soda or or uh, or candy, or there's even this uh, a a beer that is made locally here in Wisconsin by Nuclearis. Oh, you were telling uh, me about that. Yeah, that's a cherry beer. So anything, my favorite flavor of anything is cherry. However, I'm going to guess that your favorite flavor of Jolly Rancher is the green apple. Nope. Oh, okay. So I, don't mind, I don't mind the green apple ones, but uh, my favorite ones, uh, if I had to pick, is the orange. I really, really like the orange Jolly Ranchers for some reason. They're very good. Any of the citrus flavored ones. I'm that weirdo well, that likes to the be, citrus, yeah. uh, 
the citrus flavored uh, Starburst too. A lot of people are like, oh, I like the cherry and I like the strawberry. And fuck you if you have a lemon or an orange. I don't care. I love the lemon and the orange Starburst. I'll eat those all day. Well, that became kind of a meme for a while. Like, oh, I got the giant bag of of, of a loose Starburst, and I, I poured them all onto the table and and, and stacked them up and to to do a quick count. And <laughs> even though everybody likes the cherry and the strawberry, all I I had like a thousand yellow ones and like a dozen pink ones, and I don't care. I mean, the Starburst they they'll they'll fuck up your bridge work, but. They are delicious, although they don't fuck up your bridge work as bad as the now and laters do. I don't know if you've ever had those or if that's oh, kind of yeah. nostalgic candy, but those things I they will pull your fillings right the fuck out I, of your I've head. Had it oh happen. God, it happened. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got it stuck in the back, uh, and and it just ripped the molar filling right out of me. Yeah, those are uh, somewhere in between uh, Starburst and uh, the Jujubes you get at the. Uh, the movie theater, which I still love. That, okay, that's the other place that I have a really hard time staying away from candy. I'll get a giant 64-ounce vat of Coke Zero for the movie, but I have a hard time walking Same. past things like the uh, like the licorice straws, like those filled Twizzlers licorice straws that are like the uh, the, the the cherry or strawberry like tube that's got like cream stuff in the middle of it. Or those are the or, only uh, Twizzlers the, that I like because because yeah. other than that, Twizzlers taste like fucking wax. Or the I'm, cookie I'm a, dough. I'm a red vine guy. Uh, yeah, those are good too, but yeah, walking past the counter full of candy at the at the movie theater. <laughs> look, I know like the, uh, the 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 popcorn is no good for you. The popcorn is just a giant vat of fat covered carbs, and I know that. But you can't have a movie and not have popcorn, so I do get the giant popcorn, and I, I, I make my way through that. But um, I, I also have a hard time staying away from because it's it's psychological. Like if you're on an airplane, you want ginger ale because ginger ale is always available on airplanes. Because ginger, especially if it's natural ginger, and most ginger ales do have ginger in it, is a it, it will settle your stomach, and it's a good thing to have in case you get motion sick. So it's psychological. So when I go to the movie theater, I want raisinets, I want goobers, I want jujubes, I want the classic movie theater candy experience that I had when I was 12 years old. Oh yeah, that's what, that's what I'm drinking today is ginger ale because I. I mixed uh, Filipino lumpia and uh, chorizo together yesterday, and that's not exactly a good flavor combination. They don't mix well. Well, it's, it's fusion cuisine if you're mixing lumpia and chorizo. Oh, I didn't mix them, but my stomach mixed them and then decided yeah. I uh, didn't like that idea at about 4 o'clock this morning. So. Oh, man. Speaking of <laughs> mixing uh, cuisines and fusion cuisine... Um, I've been, my two favorite food cities in the country are New Orleans and Las Vegas. New Orleans okay. just has that, that authentic, uh, 400-year-old, um, French, Creole, Spanish, just mix of incredible flavors and world cuisines, but Vegas... Has everything. Uh, Vegas has everything you could possibly want. If you run around Vegas, running up and down the strip, tons of celebrity restaurants, mm-hmm. you can find anything you want, but when I lived there... Uh, some of the neighborhoody areas had uh, had even better food than the Strip. Um, there's a Chinatown in Vegas that's kind of a misnomer. They call it Chinatown, even though it's kind of the Pan-Asian area. There's a lot of uh, Vietnamese, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, a huge Pan-Asian culture in Vegas. So and there's, there's a... Um, oh, it's amazing. And there's one, a couple of strip malls um, along Warm Springs Avenue, just down from the Wynn to the east. No, to the west of the Wynn. And uh, there's one place that's a Vietnamese restaurant that's open 24 hours and they specialize in pho which is my mm. one of my favorite top five foods of all time yes and sir. it's called fuck him long fuck him long because a it's Vegas and also because you know it's it's a, a Vietnamese <laughs> restaurant but they make 
They so make many such delicious puns. food. I love pho puns. I really do. Oh god, yeah. They yeah, they make such incredibly delicious food that I have seen my, my mom is notoriously she eats like a bird. And I was there with my mom once, and I have seen my mom finish a plate of food maybe five times in my life. I can count on fewer than one hands with the fingers the number of times I've seen my mom finish a plate of food ever. She ordered a uh, shrimp and vermicelli bowl at fucking long and devoured it down to the paint on the bowl. I was so proud. <laughs> Absolutely delicious. But also in Vegas, there's a, uh, a place that I think I might have talked about before that I remember. I don't know if it's still there or not, but it was there when I was there, called Comex. And it was a Korean and Mexican fusion restaurant. Mm. So you could get bulgogi burritos or um, uh, kimchi tacos. I mean, absolutely I delicious. Or really, oh, it was I, everything on the menu was fucking fantastic. I went there about half a dozen times when I lived in Vegas, and I couldn't stay out of there. Everything they had was, was absolutely delicious. You want to talk Vegas about Vegas is great. You want to talk about good celebrity chef inspired type food? As we go up to. Uh, this is why I told you we could talk about food for hours. It's fantastic. This is literally one of my Easily. favorite things ever. But uh, we went up to... Uh, I discovered a, a, a dry ramen based on Morimoto's restaurant, uh, Momosan. Yeah. And it's fantastic. It was hard to find, so we went on a search and we ended up finding it. But then we discovered that Momosan has a location in Seattle. And so we went to the Seattle location. We all got the, the fresh ramen and... Their pot stickers are amazing. They serve their pot stickers in a little uh, uh, a cast iron, a, a scorching hot cast iron, table side, and then they bring it over and they pour sake over it, oh, and then man. they top it with a minced uh, it's minced ginger and uh, scallion. Holy Love it. shit! Holy shit! I would eat that every day and twice on Sundays if I lived anywhere near that. So it's probably better that I don't. We we were at the point where we're like, if we come back here, we're just going to get the appetizers. Because we all got the, the ramen. And all the yeah. ramens came with a different appetizer. I got the uh, the bao. It's a, it was a sticky yep. pork uh, belly bao. And, nice. Uh, it's really, really good. And then uh, my son got, they call it karage. It was uh, mm -hmm. a fried uh, uh, garlicky chicken. Yeah, um, I've definitely had and that, and it's fucking delicious. The pot stickers and everything else, and then so we decided at one point that the next time we go up there, we're gonna just indulge on appetizers, and we did. We went back up there, and I, I don't even want to tell you. My wife paid for it. It was like for for uh, Valentine's Day. She took us all up there, and we got like plate after plate of pot stickers, and we tried the the pork belly bow, and I tried the soft shell crab bow because I'd never had soft shell crab before. Oh, man. I tried the... I love a good spider roll with soft shell uh, crab in it. Everything was so good. And we were just it was having the time of our lives. And my daughter, who's usually one of the pickiest creatures on the face of this earth, is just going to town. And she's had like two servings of the, of the uh, pork belly bow. And she's going on and on about how good it is. The manager of the restaurant come over to her and gave her an employee work shirt. Because nice. she was advertising so well for them because of her effusive praise from the table. And just, it was it was an amazing experience. It was probably ridiculously expensive. My wife picked up the tab and wouldn't let me look at it. Um, but it was phenomenal. And I will go there and spend a stupid amount of money every time I'm in Seattle now. So 
Well, when I actually do get to the PNW again, yeah, uh, I'm going to ask you to remember that place because we have to go there. It sounds amazing. Yeah, I just really, I, I wasn't kidding. My goldfish food is Pan Asian dumplings. You put those things in front of me, I will eat them until I die without a moment's <laughs> thought, second thought. I need to find a good dim sum place too, and I'm sure with the Asian American culture we have in, in the Seattle area and the surrounding areas, there's got to be more than one. And I would love to do like a food tour of. Of dumpling houses and yeah, and, and dim sum. There used to be a really good dim sum place in Minneapolis that closed while I lived there, and there were a couple of good dim sum places I went to when I was in uh, in Vegas because of the, uh, the 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 very prevalent Asian cultures there. The, but uh, yeah, I, I gotta find the dim. Oh, no, I, okay, I'm I'm saying that, but I really shouldn't. I shouldn't look for a dim sum place that's close to me because if I find one, I'm gonna fucking go there and I'm gonna eat everything they could possibly wheel out on a cart. <laughs> I mean, there are certain things I'm not too hip on when I go to like a really authentic dim sum place. I tried the chicken feet once; they weren't for me. Um, but everything else that can come out of a little uh, bamboo woven steam bento box, I want it in my face. Yesterday, Absolutely. I love all of that stuff. I am fascinated with the idea of soup dumplings, and I've still not had a chance to yes. try them yet. But I am fascinated with it, and I'm really looking forward to trying those. I have tried them, and they are interesting. It's kind of, the ones that I had were kind of like a steamed bao bun, but yeah, you bite into them, and there's there's soup in there. Uh, I've seen I, how I, they the, do the, it. I've watched how they the, do yeah. it. It's really an interesting. The bread procedure. must be super gluteny and super yeasty to seal that soup inside. But I have, I was curious enough. The last dim sum place I went to, and I'm talking maybe two or three years ago now, but uh, they had soup dumplings on the menu. So I grabbed a uh, a basket full of those things, and holy shit, they're they're food magic. They really are. Not just because they taste great, but Sealing up a liquid inside of bread and then steaming it. It was just, it was out of this world. This sounds amazing, and I, I can't wait. So, so, I mean, <laughs> this whole episode has just been blathering about food. And, I mean, there's no real uh, direction for it. it. It's mostly just an idea in the fact that food is a fandom in and of itself. We talk about, uh, we throw this out there every episode that everything is fandom and fandom is everything. But... Food is truly fandom because, I mean, you've got chili cook-offs, you've got barbecue competitions, you've got uh, Michelin stars, you've got food critics, you've got, I mean, it's it's a full-on fandom. There is yeah. an amazing, I mean, you've got your, your man versus food, you got your Randy Santels yep. of the world, Katina Eats Kilos of the world, going out and, and showing off this... Uh, fanatical side of food, whether it's super spicy or whether it's uh, enormous capacity, which apparently I don't have anymore, which is sad. But uh, yeah. or, may or maybe not, I don't know. Uh -huh. But uh, just there's so much involved with the food community. I mean, that's a good third of the reason I watch YouTube is cooking videos, TikTok as well. Uh, cooking videos i mean hell you had a cooking show for a while i did it didn't do very well but I, I mean i enjoyed it it was a fandom of mine to do um i got to learn a whole bunch of new techniques and i got to learn how to make my own chorizo uh, out of uh, much more healthier options than your store-bought chorizos and i mean uh, i did get a lot out of it and and i continue to use a lot of those uh, lessons that I learned along the way for that, along with cooking for my family and things like that. So it's really neat. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of food. Yeah, and not just and you because know, I'm fat and I enjoy eating. 
<laughs> I mean, I you know, I am too. And like you said, you know, there's there's all these different you know, food rivalries and sort of like food any place where you are mm-hmm. in a town yeah. that has a signature dish and I've either lived in or visited quite a few of those. Yeah, there's always one or two major purveyors of the of the thing that that, that town is known for. Yeah. Like I lived in Minneapolis and the M- Minneapolis's contribution to world cuisine is the Juicy Lucy. Oh, I which love is, that. Oh my god, when I got to Minneapolis, the first thing that somebody said was you need to eat the Juicy Lucy and you got to go to Matt's, Matt's Bar. It's this little tiny bar that's been there since the 40s and it's on a corner in a residential area. And they've been kicking out burgers on that same perfectly seasoned grill for decades. And the Juicy Lucy is two quarter pound beef patties with a bunch of cheese sealed up in the middle so that when you bite this burger, the cheese comes squirting out like those uh, squirty gum things that you used to chew when you were a kid. Um, But in addition to Matt's, yeah, everybody knows Matt's. Okay, there's, they kind of pretend that there was a, uh, that, that Matt's and the 5-8 Club, which is just down Cedar Avenue from Matt's in Minneapolis, are about five minutes apart. There's a, a kind of a fake rivalry over, well, who really invented it? Everybody knows Matt's invented it, but because the 5-8 Club jumped on the bandwagon not long after and because they make one that's also pretty good, it's a rivalry in Minneapolis. Um, the devotees know that Matt's invented it, and the first meal I had in town... And the last one I had before I left were both mats. Um, and then there's like the classic uh, American Coney Island and Lafayette Coney Island rivalry in, in Detroit. Uh, the Coney Island dog, which is a hot dog with chili onions and also sometimes mustard. And there's a family that runs both of these restaurants. And they're right next door to each other. And anybody who lives in Detroit has a, uh, a preference. And it's, it's a ride-or-die preference for one of those two Coney places. Oh, yeah. And it's the same family, and the recipe is very similar. One place has different chili, another place uses different kinds of onions, whether it's like sweet onions or red onions. It's the same basic dish. Chili dog with onions and, and, uh, and uh, a Vienna beef hot dog. But because of the subtle variations, there are camps about this. <laughs> and it's the same thing in Philadelphia. My girlfriend lives not far from Philadelphia. It's, it's kind of a, the Philadelphia metro area, about an hour outside town. And they have the cheesesteak rivalry going with Pats and Geno's. So I got to town and I was like, look, one of the things I want to do while we're here is I want to experience an authentic Philly cheesesteak experience because I've eaten cheesesteak everywhere except Philadelphia. So right. is it Pats or Geno's? And, and she said, you know what? Actually, that's that's kind of like the famous rivalry, but locals understand that Tony Luke's is the one you want to go to. And we I've went and Luke's. she was right. Ah, she was right. It was fucking delicious. Now, so, I got to really, ask, provolone or cheese whiz? Provolone, mostly because I am a Wisconsin native, and I am very picky about my cheese, and if cheese is born, lives, and dies as a liquid, I'm not about it. My cheese has to be off the block. My cheese has to have started life as a solid. It can melt, but I need solid cheese for my cheese. If we're being honest, and then a part of this this podcast is just about junk food, the food that we like that's absolute shit, I have started eating it again. The easy cheese in a can, the spray cheese. Ah. I'm, I'm horribly embarrassed about it, but it's fucking addictive, and I, I the saltiness, the, the it's I just get a package of uh of those not the Ritz crackers, but those Club crackers, the Keebler ones. Yeah. And I just I take it to work with me, and you don't you don't need Look, to refrigerate man, it. Shit can sit in your car, and it's I, I don't two shame. cans I don't of it this shame. morning. I bought two cans. Do you know how much that shit costs? 
I don't kink shame. I don't snack shame. Look, if that if that's what <laughs> gets you, absolutely. Look, I could sit here and say, "Oh, I'm a cheese purist," unless it comes off the block. It's not I real thought cheese. I was. That's just that's just my own preference. I don't, you know. My mom was talking the other day about how in in uh, she had some friends in the UK because my folks were married in the UK and my dad was stationed there in the service. Um, you know, back in the uh, late sixties, early seventies, and my mom's friend Rose. Uh, loved the the easy cheese, the squeezy cheese in the can. She loved it. So, and it, because it was shelf stable, my yeah. mom used to put it in a Christmas package and just send it over there, and like a, a you know a bundle of other Christmas gifts. And she loved that stuff. You know the the, the American cheese in the can. Nothing I knew your mom that. was it's a wonderful. sweetheart. Shout out to Joni. Yeah. You're a sweetheart. She totally is. And uh, I, I also have to say that um, the food on the on the tip of, of food being fandom. Um, there is a uh, an Instagram account that I follow called Nerdy Nummies, <laughs> and it is the official Instagram account for Nerdy Nummies, and uh, they they have a, a food fandom on their Instagram account that is it's we all have to eat, but you know we 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 pick what we eat, and sometimes it's good for us, sometimes it's not, but at the same time we all have to eat. So every once in a while, and life is short. Might be a little yeah. shorter if you eat even you know, exactly <laughs> what you want all the time, but right. life is short. So I'm, I've always been a big fan, uh, no pun intended, of just you know eat the pizza, have the cheeseburger, as long as it's in moder everything in moderation, including moderation. Have the delicious food and don't let anybody shame you, you know, ab- about what you eat. Um, I, I do try to eat better. I, I, I definitely have. I'm at the stage in my life where. I, I am trying to consume things that I know are good for me, but boy, when I'm on the road, i got to have that Royal Grill food. Man, I have a bag of trail mix next to me Yeah, that's uh, kind of half healthy stuff. It's got like whole roasted cashews and goji berries and pumpkin seeds, but it's also got some yogurt raisins in there. So, I mean, you got to balance things out sometimes. You really have to have just, you can't eat salads all the time. You can't eat lean proteins all the time. I eat them mostly. I definitely try to eat them as often as I can. That is what the bulk of my everyday diet is, but man, sometimes I'm just at the grocery store and those uh, those Reese's peanut butter cups are sitting there on the shelf, going, "I'm delicious, eat me," and I, I can't resist that. I've been I've been on a kick lately with, uh, like I said, a lot of my stuff has to be stuff that's either uh, car stable, something I can keep a bag of treats in my car or whatever, uh, so I can just grab it and go. Because if I if I'm tasked with remembering to bring something with me, I won't, yeah. because. Right. When I get called, the idea for me is to get dressed and get out the door. And so oftentimes I just forget to grab like a sandwich. I'll make a sandwich and I'll forget it. Or I'll, yeah. you know, I'll intend to bring a, a, ton, a, a tub of leftovers and I'll forget it. So I, I need to have stuff in the car that's quick and easy to grab. That's why the squeezy cheese is so uh, appealing to me and the crackers. Because now they have those club crackers. They come in the little individual packs. So each box has six individual packs. Of crackers, and that's whether that's genius. a serving. That's genius. that is a serving, because yeah. yeah, I mean, if you buy the Ritz crackers, they come in these giant tubes, and it's really difficult to not finish them once one of them is open. Because they go stale like immediately, like immediately. They do. As soon uh, as I, air hits them, they turn into those freeze dried candies you were talking about. They just crumble the <laughs> dust in your mouth. I also oh, another thing, I've been on a kick lately with uh, pistachios, and that's what I was going to say is like the shelled pistachios. We yeah. get them and you don't have to shell them. They're all just the pistachio meats mm-hmm. in the bag, and uh, they make a, a sweet chili or a, a spicy chili one. That's amazing. Oh, that sounds good. I eat the crap out of those. 
And, I'll uh, get those blue diamond almonds, either the smokehouse or the soy and wasabi almonds. They come in like the tube ooh, at the at the, the gas spicy. station. Yeah. And I could tell myself, you know, hey, it's it's nuts. Nuts are always on the list of like foods you should eat when you're having. Oh, they're almonds. It's peanuts. It's it's yeah. There's good fats and protein, and that's good for you. But I mean, yeah. a couple of handfuls of nuts is the, the calorie count is really high on those. Right. And I will eat nuts all day long. <laughs> Phrasing. Like I love macadamia nuts. I love mixed nuts. I love cashews. They're just I've so buttery and delicious. You. Yeah. But yeah. I'll eat those all day long. Pop um, and and I. Yeah, I gobble nuts all day long, and I try and tell myself that it's, it's, if not good for me, at least not as bad for me as if I was, like, just hands full of bridge mix, or, like, those, the mini peanut butter cups that come unwrapped in the bag, you could just tear the top off the foil and dump them into your face, you know, no, no food is bad, that's the thing, like, the, the, the prevailing, we, we, dietary science, nutritionism, is in its infancy. There's a lot of things we don't know. Like this week, hey, is milk good for us? Oh, wait, is our, our eggs, do, do the, uh, the protein we get from eggs, is it, does it balance out the cholesterol? Food science is really in its infancy, so we don't know much of anything. And there are no bad foods. I'm a firm believer in that. There are just some that you should consume in lighter ratios than others. You know, I try to eat salad, I try to eat proteins, and I, I definitely do, but like on the promo bar tour that... Uh, that Steph and I were on yesterday while we were running around street team stuff for the band, we had to stop and get something fried every place we went because we were being good, you know, uh, yeah. bar visitors and because, I mean, honestly, the shit's delicious. So, oh, yeah. you know, you just have to try and mitigate that. You can't do that every day or you wind up like I was where I was close to 400 pounds and now I'm about 320. I've lost about 80 pounds from my peak weight, but I still have about 40 pounds to lose before I'm like scraping the top of what my BMI should be according to the actuarial tables of the insurance company. Which, of course, are bullshit, but at the same time, I do still want to kind of try and get that down. Um, if I could turn that first number on the scale back into a 2 again, like it was in high school, I think I'd be very, very happy. I should be around 270, 280. I got about 40 pounds to go to get there. Um, but I'm working on it, you know? And it, it, it does wind up being one of those things that that you do have to once in a while when you're at the restaurant. Yeah, I'm looking at the buffalo chicken sandwich and the tater tots, but that uh, that Caesar salad looks pretty good too. So I'm just going to try and make a better choice today. And that's really what it's all about. Yeah, I I was going to say, uh, um, I saw something the other day. Uh, there was an advertisement that I was served up for Goldfish Crackers. Goldfish Crackers. The snack that smiles a, back. The snack that smiles back. Goldfish. That's right. They have a new uh, flavor. A limited edition flavor, Old Bay seasoning flavor, which Ooh. I was looking all over for those because, as anyone knows, that's one of the secret ingredients, if you want to call it a secret ingredient, but it's one of the main ingredients in Cheddar Bay Biscuits from Red Lobster, which yes. are one of the mm -hmm. most delectable foodstuffs on the entire planet. Fight me on that if you will. Facts. No, I will not fight you on that. You're <laughs> not wrong even a little bit. I found them the other day, and they are amazing. And... My kids don't like them. My 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 daughter doesn't like them. My wife thinks oh, it's a bit no. too, too aggressive. So the uh, kids don't like them. That means so you're gonna have to eat the whole box. I know. Oh, no. It's a shame. It's a shame. It's a hassle, really. But I'll take it on myself. But yeah, it's a it's it's a thing. And and I, like I said, uh, talking about uh, those uh, Cheddar Bay biscuits, they sell those kits where you can make them at home. The authorized. They're not kit. the same. Not the same, but. I have started making mine with chopped up pepper bacon in it. And that's a flavor sensation you absolutely have to try. God Cheddar damn Bay it, biscuits that sounds with delicious. pepper bacon. Oh, so good. 
so good. That sounds delicious. Absolutely. But yeah, so I mean, I know, like I said, this is kind of a, just a meandering love affair with food that we're talking about here. But, but it is truly one of my favorite fandoms. It is something that I, I seek out on a daily day basis. I, I, I go out of my way for certain things over other things. Uh, I have definite food cravings and food obsessions, and they come yeah. in waves. They come in waves because yes. it'll be like one one week it'll be oh I'm into Jolly Ranchers like I am now or uh, for a while I was really into those uh, uh, fruit punch flavored Tootsie Fruitsies. The little, yeah, the little Tootsie or I'll Fruitsies. sit there and think to myself I haven't had Cool Ranch Doritos in a dog's age, and then I'll buy a family sized bag and inhale the entire fucking thing because glutamates are like drugs to a super taster. <laughs> I, I actively have to try and forget. That Doritos exist because they're absolutely irresistible. And they're also terrible for me. But holy shit, are they delicious. Yeah, and so like, or like even with like my coffee, I really enjoy mint-flavored coffee. And for the longest time, you mm-hmm. could only get mint-flavored coffee around Christmas time. And yeah. so the other, you know, nine months, ten months out of the year, you're SOL. And that's how it's always been for me, is I'll fall in love with the seasonal item or the item that's a limited edition, like these uh, goldfish, and then they'll just vanish off the face of the earth. And I'm left forever wanting that again in my life. And and that's, I mean, if that doesn't smack a fandom, I don't know what it is, you know? Yeah. It's obsession. I mean, it really is. It is obsession. We had no a, doubt about it. a Thai restaurant up here for a long time that was part of the mall, uh, and it was called Thai Garden, and they had one particular dish. Every time I went there, I only got this one dish, because this was, I tried it the one time, I loved it, I never wanted anything else there. And I love me some Thai food. I love Thai food of all stripes. But here, it was called pork in a clay pot. Thin slices mm. of pork, cooked off with like a light gojujang sauce, and served over rice. It was a thing of beauty. It was gorgeous. Thai it Garden like closed, it. and they remodeled the mall, and so it just went away. And nobody else up here serves that. So I just thought, SOL for a while. And then Thai Garden reopened a few years later at a place outside of the mall, and I was super excited, and, and I gathered up everyone, and we went there, and I got the pork in a clay pot, and it wasn't the same. It wasn't. Oh same. no! And and that's that's just that's a bummer. Food dreams dashed, and so I've 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 made it a point to learn how to make that, uh, and and I've been working on it. Uh, I've got to adjust the amount of gojujang sauce that I use because that stuff is very very powerful, and it will just overpower everything uh, with chili spice. So, but you got to be careful. Food is obsession. Food is love. Food is passion, and food is food obsession. is life. We all have to eat. Yeah, so we yeah. might as well eat stuff we like. And, you know, if you Agreed. can be, you can be a, a, a fan of the food. Hell, we did a, a, a previous episode just all about KFC <laughs> and all of the, uh, the wonderful uh, fandom accoutrements and uh, accessories that sort of surround the, the culture of the Colonel and his delicious love and herbs and spices. I so, I mean, anything that exists, if you can be enthusiastic about it, I mean, it really is an everything is fandom moment because... Uh, God knows that, like, I, there are just certain things that I will come back for again and again and again every chance that I possibly can. And uh, if that's not fandom, I don't know what is. I mean, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And it's just something that I keep gravitating towards. Like I said, everything is fandom. And, and food is such a big and intricate and important part of all of our lives 
whether it's health food, whether it's uh, uh, candy or, or, or sweets or baked goods or what have you, it's an important part of our day-to-day -day lives. And so to acknowledge it as a particular fandom is kind of neat. And, you know, I've even... My uh, comic book shop up here, Gabby's Olympic Cards and Comics, we've talked about her before. Uh, we're working with her with our uh, Fuel the Future charity. Um, she has an entire segment of her shop dedicated to nerd-based cookbooks. So you got your Fantastic. Bob's Burgers cookbooks. You got like a Skyrim cookbook, Star Wars cookbooks, Star Trek cookbooks, anime cookbooks. I'm, anything you can think of fandom-wise, they have a cookbook. And it's really neat to see that kind of fandom being explored. So, Well, that goes back to the, the, the Nerdy Nummies uh, Instagram account that I mentioned earlier, right. uh, which is uh, run by the YouTuber Rosanna Pansino. Um, she does, uh, like, if... She'll do the account where what well, you want a, a a a cupcake that looks like a Mario mushroom. Cool, I could teach you how to make that. Uh, do you want to figure out how to make Sansa's lemon cakes from Game of Thrones? We can make that. I have a recipe where you can make the uh, the Korean Dalgona candy from Squid Game. Hmm. And uh, so she's she's anything that's a, that's a, a, a nerdy food. The butterbeer from Harry Potter. We got a recipe for that. So it just all kind of ties together and, and just paints a bigger picture of. Uh, you know, fandom being food, food being fandom. It just all kind of ties together. Absolutely, and 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 I will die on this hill. People can say that food isn't a fandom, but I, I mean, if you stop and think about it for any length of time, you're going to realize that it is a very important thing. You have fights over it. You have competitions over it. You have uh, just feuds and mashups and fusion and i mean it's it's a huge thing and like it's the food fight yeah it's something that needs to be acknowledged and 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 for me uh i there, i haven't met a food i won't at least try once you know uh i mean i'm sure there's something out there like i'm not gonna go out of my way to eat like dog or cat or anything like that but nope. i don't shame those who have to i mean that's just a part of who certain cultures are but I mean, I try to be as open-ended and open-minded with food as I can be because I, you never know when you're going to discover that new thing, that one thing that you're going to pop in your mouth and just like that rat in Ratatouille when his eyes just go all glazed over and you start synesthesiaing yeah. the, 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 the tracks in the air and seeing flavor combinations explode. and you, you Every never food know that I love is something happen. I was apprehensive to try in the first place. Which is a message I try to get across to my kids all the time. It's like, oh, I don't want to eat that. That looks gross. It's like, would I try to poison you? Would I waste right. money by trying to feed you something that's horrible on purpose? No, I'm not doing that. Just try it. And nine times out of ten when my daughter tries it, she loves it. For at least a while. Yeah. And then she grows out of it. But uh, You know, the last thing that, I, that I'll say about the food being fandom thing, I got a chance to see Anthony Bourdain speak Fuck, a number of years guy. ago. Yeah, one of his books, I don't remember which one, had come out, and uh, he was doing an appearance at um, uh, the Mall of America when I lived in the Twin Cities, and I got there early and stood right in the front row, and uh, he was talking about the book, and it was about just global cuisine and, and the different things he'd had a chance to eat around the world, and he said, some of my favorite dishes in the world are things that 
you really would have had to have been desperate to find out we're delicious in the first place. It's not a trip to France if I don't have escargot. You think the first guy to eat escargot wanted to? No. I mean, but the snail was easily caught. It wasn't very fast. It couldn't run away. So you think the guy who first ate escargot thought, yeah, that slimy thing in the shell, leaving the trail of snot behind it, I'm going to eat that. But cook them up with garlic butter and they're a thing of beauty. Same thing with, like, uh, artichokes. Those things are armored. They could be used as a defensive weapon. They want you to stay out. But if you literally peel away their protective shell and eat their heart like you're a goddamn barbarian, it's fucking delicious. Cockavan. Uh, it's the toughest, oldest bird in the barn, but if you marinate it in its own fat overnight, it becomes an absolute work of magic. And, you know, pineapple. Again, it's like, pineapple actually has an enzyme in it called bromelain that dissolves protein, and that's why you can't put it in jello. If your tongue tingles when you eat pineapple, it's because the pineapple's eating you back. But mm-hmm. pineapple is delicious, and it's also a natural um, meat tenderizer. So if you go to the taco truck and there's not a wedge of pineapple on top of the cone of El Pastor pork, they're not doing it right. Crabs. You know, the first thing that you think when that thing is walking sideways toward you on the sand is step on it before it gets to the kids. Why should I believe you, you lying liar? But, you know, you dunk that fucker in garlic butter, and my God, it's the most amazing thing. So I got a chance to talk to him for about 30 seconds when they had a line after his, his, uh, his talk to sign the book. And I was waiting in line, and I said, you know, I've been a fan of yours since Kitchen Confidential, your first book, and there's a passage in there that you put in the book that really stuck with me and kind of informs my opinions about things. And it was, you know, should you eat the eyeballs out of the fish when you're having sushi in Tokyo? You really should. The the food might kill you, but, you know, you still need to try it because you owe it to yourself to understand what your tastes and what your preferences are. So eat the food. Eat the delicious food and uh, just don't feel bad about it because that's what life is about. Finding those things that make life worth living, enjoying them and, you know, experiencing that stuff and then being able to carry that with you for the rest of your life. It's just... It's such an amazing thing. I couldn't have said it any better. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fuel Your Fandom podcast. Uh, If you want to reach out and get in touch with us, absolutely please do. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Fuel Your Fandom. You can drop us an email the good old-fashioned way at fuelyourfandom at gmail.com. Or you can hit us at the backup email address, fyftalentbooking at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at at fuelyourfandom. You can hit us up on Twitter at fuel underscore your. And, of course, we're always taking donations to put comics into the hands of underprivileged kids for the Fuel the Future charity program. And we're on Cash App, Venmo, and PayPal at at fuelyourfandom. And, of course, you can find us wherever you get your fine podcasts. We're on Stitcher, we're on Audible, we're on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, Spotify. Uh, Stitcher, Spotify, every place. We're, we're everywhere yeah. that you want to be. And however you get us into your ear holes, we appreciate that you do. Absolutely. So let us know. Uh, everybody's got, whether you're a fan of like mainstream media or the MCU or Star Wars, Star Trek, whatever... Everyone's a fan of something food-related, so we want to hear from you. What is your food fandom? What is your go-to? What is your uh, desert island food? If you had to eat one thing for the rest of your life, uh, what would that be? Uh, Hit us up. Send us a message. Let us know. We want to interact with you. We want to know what you're into. Uh, And as always, from uh, Jim and I, we want to thank you for listening. And please do remember, everything is fandom. Fandom is everything. Take care.